The Extramar Podcast Galloway Edition. Podcast Galloway Edition is a podcast for runners of all abilities who want to learn everything they can about the Galloway Run Walk Run training method right from Jeff himself. This podcast will run walk run you right through Jeff's 20 week half marathon training schedule and gently get you to the finish line of your half marathon injury free. Episode 2 of the Galloway Extra Mile Podcast Half Marathon Edition. This is your host Kevin and I'm out this morning rather early on my run through my neighborhood on a desperate attempt to get back home before the sun comes up. Um, I'm in Cincinnati and this part of the country like Many other parts has been gripped in a rather nasty heat wave right now. So it's rather important to adjust your running based on the heat. And it's no coincidence that we'll give a lot of thought to that. And it's no coincidence that we'll spend some time with Jeff this morning talking about that specific topic. So a little bit about my training. Um, I'm still getting in. 30 to 32, 33 miles a week, five miles at a time or so. And um, although I have not picked a fall half marathon, so I'm still looking around for that. I've got a couple of options that I'm looking into. I am committed to running one. And one of the things that I want you to come away from this episode with is that if you are sitting on the fence there's still time and part of what Jeff and I and Chris would like to do is not just convince you that Galloway is the way to do this but to convince you first of all that you can do it so the good news is you still got time episode one of this podcast was a very high-level look at the Galloway Run, Walk, Run training method. In episode two, we will take a rather deep bite out of this program and dig into weeks one, two, and three 
of Jeff's 17-week half marathon program from the Galloway Training Program's book. And within weeks one, two, and three of that program, we are looking at running a long run of three, four, and five miles. So, in today's episode, we will catch up with Jeff, and we'll find out where he's been, what he's been up to, and for those of you who have never listened to him speak in person or met Jeff, we'll figure out where he's going to be in the next few weeks to give you that chance that I would certainly recommend you take advantage of. After we catch up a little bit with Jeff, we will dig into weeks one, two, and three, like I said, and talk a little bit in detail about the long runs, what kind of pace you should be doing, what kind of ratios you should be doing, and uh, why those are important. Uh, Weeks one, two, and three are meant, in my perspective, to be a way for you kind of to ease your way into this, um, get your feet under you, as it were, and see how this thing's going to feel to you, inserting walk breaks, because in the next episode, we will be a lot more specific as to how fast and at what ratio you need to be doing based on your magic mile, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. We will talk in detail with Jeff about what you need to get you through weeks one, two, and three. We will also, as I mentioned earlier, discuss this hot weather, making sure you adjust for that, why that's important. And then, after we have that discussion with Jeff, we will introduce you to the Galloway Extra Mile podcast, Guinea Pigs. We'll check in on our three Galloway runners who are being e-coached by Chris Twiggs, introduce each one individually, and figure out who they are, a little bit about their running background, what race they're looking for, and then we'll dig into Chris's training program a little bit for each one, find out what specifically he is asking them to do. And we're not going to go week by week, but there are some various points that he will make based on the goal that these three runners have, so that's pretty cool stuff too. So check it out. Let's get to the good stuff. We'll chat again at the end of our conversation with Jeff and Chris and our guinea pigs, and you all enjoy your extra mile. everyone, this is Kirsten from Maine. It's been more than a year since I called with an update, and I really don't have a good excuse about why it's been so long. Um, but I have been running. Um, I did the 26.2 with Donna again this year in February. I did the half. Um, it was not my best race. My Garmin died, my iPod died, so I had a hard time sticking to my planned run-walk ratio, but I did get through the race. And that was great training for the Santiago Marathon, which I did in April in Chile. So that completes my fourth continent on my quest to a marathon on all seven continents. Now that it's summer, I am switching over to triathlon mode for a little bit this summer. Um, 
I have been putting off doing my first ocean swim because the ocean is still pretty darn cold here in Maine, but I have my first group ocean swim tomorrow night, so I guess I can't avoid it any longer. I am very excited about the new um, Galloway Extra Mile Half Marathon edition um, because I am looking to set a PR in a half marathon this fall, so I will be following along. And then I just signed up for the Tokyo Marathon next February. I hope that everyone else's running and training is going well, and I promise to call again sooner this time. Bye. And let's head over to the Extra Mile Podcast Galloway Edition hotline where we've got Mr. Jeff Galloway once again. Jeff, how are you this morning? Kevin, feeling great. I've got my endorphins flowing from a really nice seven-mile run and uh, uh, beat the heat this morning, so that's always good. Where did we find you today, Jeff? Atlanta, just about ready to head out to Missoula for a fabulous marathon weekend out there. Do you um do you find yourself running in the morning most of the time to beat the heat, at least in the summertime, Jeff, or does it just wherever it fits? I try my best to get out early. The radiant uh, intensity of the direct sunlight increases the adversity dramatically, not to mention that the sun generally causes the temperature to rise. But uh, more than that even is the activation in humid areas that the sunlight uh, does. It's just really... uh, uh, makes the run a lot less comfortable <laughs> later oh, on. Yeah. Do you and do you and Barbara get out together mostly on your training runs as well? I know you run your your marathons together. Yeah, when um, when we are traveling together or we're here in Atlanta together, about seventy to eighty percent of the time we do our runs together. Obviously, like a lot of couples, we have different other activities that we have to do. So sometimes that leads us away from that. Barbara actually plays a lot of tennis, and so she uh, has three different tennis teams she's on, and so on some of those uh, days when she has matches, she'll do them, they will be in the morning, and uh, as mentioned, I'm going to try to get out there and get my run in in the morning. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Well, listen, let's let's get right to the, to the um, one of my favorite games, Where in the World is Jeff Galloway? Last time we spoke, you were you were uh, on a mega trip through the state of Texas, as I recall. How'd that go? Well, it was uh, hot, but you know, you expect it to be hot, and it delivered uh, <laughs> uh, triple digits every day out there, uh, and uh, a good deal of humidity in addition. Uh, it's amazing how much different it is if you can get out and run before the sun gets above the horizon. And oh, yeah. so I did that every morning, and so it really was not a problem at all to get my runs in. I tried to run one afternoon just to see what it was like, and I had to take much more frequent walk breaks. <laughs> when it's 100, it uh, you you really do feel it pretty quickly. Um, it's interesting you, you say that because that's a topic for today. We'll get into a little bit more depth. How were the crowds on your trip through Texas? Uh, we have really been having larger crowds uh, when I measure um, a given venue where I've been before in Austin, for example. We had almost twice as many people show up um, at the running store uh, compared with uh, 
running store uh, attendance last year where we had the clinic. So it, it, there's a lot more interest uh, this year. And we have noticed gradually uh, an increase in interest over the last 10 years. But this uh, 12-month period since I've last been out, practically every one of my clinics has been significantly up in attendance. That's great. And, you know, I've been to a, a couple of your um, your, your talks at um, some gallery training program kickoffs at some uh, running stores, and uh, you outlast everybody there. You stick around until until people have asked virtually every question they can think of. So I, I'll bet you I bet those last a long time for you when there's that big of a crowd. Sort of like the the last question or standing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I tried to remember a couple of times you said, "Any other questions? Are you sure? Are you sure?" It's like, "Come on, I'm here." <laughs> that's absolutely correct. I really am there often just one time a year. Uh, because yeah. of my travel schedule. And so while I'm there, I want to try to get to every possible problem and every uh, question. The good news is that there's an answer to practically every single question, and there's a solution to practically every single running problem. It's just uh, wonderful to see the light on people's faces when they thought that they're, they were going to have to stop running or um, suffer or whatever it was, and then they realize that there's hope. Right, right. And um, how did you celebrate the uh, the 4th of July this year? Well, m- one of my longest-term races that I try to run every year is the Peachtree Road Race. I, yeah. I was uh, fortunate enough to be the first person across the finish line in that race on the first edition of that race, and it has grown significantly from uh, 1970 when I won it until this year, where in which there are 65,000. There were 110 people the first year. <laughs> was it was it the same crowd? I mean, not the same crowd. The same route? Was it that point to point? I've done that race a few times. It was almost the same route. The uh, difference was that the first few years the race started uh, right in the middle of Buckhead and finished downtown at what we call Five Points, which is sort of the traditional designation of right downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Uh, The race changed, and I was part of that change because I was one of the co-race directors back in 1978 when we changed the routing. And we changed it so that we could finish in a bigger area where there was more space. We we outgrew the downtown uh, finish. Cause there, right. There's a park there, but it's very small. And so we finish in Piedmont Park, which is just a fabulous place to spread out and finish. Uh, that required uh, pushing the start back to Lenox Square Mall, and um, but the majority of the course is the same, right down Peachtree Street. Great job. Uh great race and, and very well organized and, and assuming you can somehow get into that race i recommend it highly well those who are out of town actually have a head start because they are allowed an opportunity uh to request an entry uh early in the year each year mm-hmm. and then um they get a little head start in being able to turn that entry in so it it actually is something you, if you're interested in it, it, it's a fabulous festival event 
uh-huh. knowing that the crowds are just enormous. And because of the wave start, the last few waves uh, are somewhere around an hour after the first few waves. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it starts to get a little warm out there. Yeah, that's amazing. Great race. So anything else? Have we missed anything else in the last couple of weeks that, uh, of interest that you've done? Well, my uh, older son, Brennan, came into town with his new wife, Jenny, and they, they're they the more competitive runners in our family. So they ran Peachtree uh, fairly competitively in their age groups. Uh, but it was just great to have them uh, home for a little while. Really neat. Um, when back, it's been 15 years since I did Peachtree, but back at the, in, in those days, it was unique, and, and one of the unique things was um, – you had to finish to get your T-shirt. Is that still the case with Peachtree? It is. It is. And the other little um, twist uh, to their theme is that they they have a, a contest in which people can uh, sort of put in their vote on which version of the T-shirt. There's about five different versions, and you can sort of put in your vote or at least your opinion on it. But uh, the committee that selects it, doesn't release which shirt you're going to actually get. So you you uh, go through the finish shoot and pick up your shirt, and that's the first time people know that uh, what it is. Uh, in fact, when Barbara and I were running Peachtree on uh, uh, last, uh, I guess it was Thursday, we um, got to about the four-mile mark, and some of the first wave people <clears throat> were coming back, and so uh, one of the people that was running near us yelled to them, "What color is the shirt?" <laughs> and uh, they no told fear. us that it was black. First time that they've ever had a black T-shirt, especially for a July Fourth race, which is a little strange. <laughs> but in any case, um, it really uh, it adds to the aura of it that you you don't know what that shirt's going to look like and. Uh, you you know don't know what color it is. So anyway, it's it's a neat event. It gets Atlanta to its feet. Um, what city? What other city could you get sixty five thousand people to get up at all hours of the night so they can get down there and do that early morning race, and then of course the rest of the day you can do whatever you want to. Yeah, I, I will um, throw in a caveat for everybody. You should expect kind of a maybe a, a stinky train ride home. <laughs> You're going to take the, the train. I, I remember that, but it's a fun. Yes, thing. well, there uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, sweat uh, <laughs> molecules uh, <Yeah>. pouring. <laughs> so that's where you've been. What's coming up? I know you. I mean, I, I know you spoke about getting ready for Missoula. Yes, I love Missoula. I started going out there in 1971. Friendly people. Uh, just a, a great town with uh, beautiful setting. Uh, just a, a nice laid-back Western atmosphere, good folks to uh, talk with, and, and we've got a big Galloway training program there, too. Uh, a lot of folks from around the West love that event, and it's growing in popularity. They uh, actually closed out, of course, uh, like so many races uh, have. So next year, really, you ought to look at it seriously because it's a – uh, really fun and beautiful event. And what else? After well, uh, after we get back for a day or two, we uh, uh, I am the race director for a large corporate event that has about 
17, 18,000 people in it that takes place in September. <clears throat> but we are kicking off a free eight-week get-in-shape program. So a lot of companies uh, in Atlanta and surrounding uh, uh, areas of Georgia come to the event and use it as their wellness program. Uh, so uh, we also give uh, free membership for a full month at LA Fitness as part of this eight-week get-in-shape program. It's a really neat thing, and a lot of companies have started their wellness by using the race as the date on the calendar, and as a result, <clears throat> a lot of folks have changed their uh, health behaviors for the better. Um, we're kicking those off as soon as I get back from Missoula, and then uh, I head out to Florida for a series of our kickoff clinics down there for 26.2 with Donna and 13.1 with Donna, along with the kickoff training for the Disney events that will be coming up in the fall and in throughout the winter. Then get back for a day and head off to Tahoe. Cannot wait. It's the best week I spend all year. Does, um, does Tahoe close out, so to speak? I know we have a lot of people for that one. Most years we do. Uh, it really depends on the lodge. We use the Squaw Valley Lodge out there as our retreat headquarters and the place where people stay. Um, and it just depends on the week. This year it did close out because we we used up all our allotment of rooms. Occasionally we will have a room or two left um, during the last two weeks, but usually it closes out about a month ahead. And it's just fun because people come from all over the country and, and usually uh, a few foreign countries too. And it's just a nice extended family that uh, stays in touch with one another throughout the year. Yeah. But the hikes and the runs are just spectacular. I've just I've been to an awful lot of beautiful places, but the collection of beautiful trails I haven't seen it uh, as as really nice anywhere else. Well, have a great time, and I know we'll catch up after you get back from that one as well. Um, we are recording this conversation on July the 10th on on Wednesday, and so it'll probably be more like the middle of July 15th or 16th by the time people are actually listening to this. But mm -hmm. this this Friday's a big day as well. Let's not forget Friday. What happens on this Friday? Well, it's my birthday, Kevin, and thank you for bringing it up. Uh, <laughs> it is Any always a, plans? Oh, it's a wonderful thing to celebrate it with friends, and I'll be in the midst of activities at Missoula. Just a lot of good friends, and there are also some folks, uh, good friends coming in, from out of town there. So, yes, we will have a wonderful uh, opportunity to celebrate. Well, good for you. On your way to running till you're 100, I bet, huh? Well, I tell you, that's my goal, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. Um, we've got an amazing response from episode number one. and um, So let's dig deep, a little bit deeper into episode number two. But before we do... Um, I was reminded very, by a very good friend and longtime listener, Russ, who mm -hmm. um, sent me an email about after he listened to episode one, and and as a suggestion, and that's a darn good one, something that is very important and we should have spoken about, I should have brought up, and that's uh, before you jump into a program like this, checking with your doctor. Absolutely. Now, 
I must back up a little and yeah. say that uh, uh, about 15 years ago, the uh, CDC uh, in Atlanta, uh, which had for many years in their exercise advice, had uh, told people to get checked out thoroughly by a doctor, um, they reversed their decision. They they had done the research. I talked to a couple of researchers in that area, and they um, did the research, and they found out that one uh, that the significant reason why people did not start exercising is that they didn't want to go through the ordeal of setting up an appointment and seeing their doctor. I can believe that. And so when they crunched the numbers, they found that the potential benefits of people just going out and exercise versus the liabilities of people having health problems because they didn't get checked out, that it was much better to say, go out and exercise gently. Use common sense. Don't huff and puff. And and then at some point, do get checked out <laughs> by yeah, your doctor. Right. But, but gentle exercise is just um, very unlikely uh, to produce any health problems, according to the statistics. Now, that said... I certainly want people to establish a good advisor relationship with a medical person because you're going to have questions. And to have someone who supports your exercise uh, so that you could email them or ask them a question if something comes up is invaluable. So I I do uh, recommend that. However, if it's an ordeal to go see your doctor, some gentle, gentle exercise, mostly walking, uh, is very unlikely to cause problems. Great advice, great advice. Well, listen, episode number two is going to cover weeks one, two, and three of the To Finish program from our textbook, the Galloway Training Program. So it's actually um, listed on page 23. If you did your homework, got a hold of this textbook we're using, um, you can uh, follow along in the book. And even though the um, the To Finish program is what we're using basically to talk about on this um, on this podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how we should actually go about picking a goal for our half marathon race, Jeff? The goal first is the date on the calendar, and that would uh, be uh, dependent upon how much uh, you're running right now so that you don't push yourself into a bind with by having to increase the distance too rapidly. Uh, that said... Uh, the pace that one would run, um, it, it, it often sets up the uh, ego to project what you would be capable of doing and sometimes in an adverse way in that, believe it or not, uh, in numerous uh, surveys and studies, uh, people tend to overestimate what they're capable of doing <laughs> during a season. And this causes... Uh, faster pace, uh, drop out because you, you are so exhausted, or injuries. And these can all be avoided if you will go at, first of all, a realistic projection, and then to always err on the conservative side. It never hurts anyone to run slower on long runs or take walk breaks more frequently. But, you know, we've mentioned the magic mile a number of times, but the magic mile is a very simple way of setting up a safe pace for long runs. It's a one-mile time trial. You uh, run the first one really easy, uh, but even on the first one, 
you can set up a, 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 a training pace that's comfortable enough if you will take the magic mile time, multiply by 1.3, and add two minutes. Uh, so that is a formula for success in terms of reducing adversity on long runs. And by the time the season winds down, um, you can then um, do that same drill of uh, multiplying uh, by 1.2 in this case to see what an all-out marathon pace would be, uh, half marathon pace rather, and then adding to that, um, depending on how much intensity training you've been doing. For beginners, I recommend just doing the drill that you'd use for the long run, multiplying by 1.3 and adding two more minutes. That would be the pace that you could run for the first uh, eight to ten miles, and then at that point, if you're feeling good, you could run a little more, walk a little less, and that would result in a little bit faster pace, causing a lot of runners to go behind you as you pass them. Wonderful <laughs> feeling of empowerment. It is a great feeling, yeah. Um, the magic mile, for those of you who are not familiar with it and, and um, are following along, is actually going to be. Um, we'll we'll delve into that in a lot more detail uh, in the next episode. It actually your first magic mile will be in week four, so Good. we'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, but it's on page. There's a lot of detail of it on page twelve if you want to look in, into that in, in the um, in the book. Is it safe to say, generically speaking, Jeff, that if if the listener has never run a half before, or maybe it's been a long time since they've run a half? Um, that they definitely should just run this thing to, to finish on their feet with a smile on their face and not worry about the time, or or is there some way of them maybe grabbing a time and using it, you know, put it, putting the carrot on the stick, if you will? Well, Kevin, you are absolutely right in your first assumption, and that is the uh, person that is doing it for the first time or making a big comeback needs to have a success experience, and the best way to ensure that is to run the um, the whole training program at a conservative pace, as, as mentioned by the Magic Mile computation, and then to run most of your half marathon to finish so that you will just enjoy the heck out of it. Very good. So, like I said, the long runs for this episode, weeks um, one, two, and three, are three miles, four miles, and five miles. So, I want to get a little bit into that now, but but before I do, some of our listeners, um, three, four, and five miles may be a little bit shorter than they're already running. Some of them may be running five, six, seven miles as their long run already. So I, my question begins then, where do we start in our program? If if we look at it and say, well, one, two, and three, four, and four, five miles, I'm already doing six. What, how do we adjust this program for that, Jeff? This is a really common question, and it is perfectly appropriate to run the distance that you're currently running. Let's say that the uh, schedule says three miles, but you're already at seven. Well, you can run seven miles every other week until the schedule catches up with you, and then just go with the schedule from that point. Ah, very good. So as an example, if you're looking at uh, page 23, which is where the program is, you'll notice that that week five has a long mile, a long run of six and a half miles. So, as Jeff said, if you're already running 
six and a half miles, just keep doing it weeks one through five, and bam, you're, you've caught up and then grabbed the program from there. Absolutely. Great. So let's get back to the beginner or somebody who's maybe doing this um, for the first time in a long while. The very, very first run out the door, Jeff, let's say it's three miles on, on your schedule, and mm-hmm. we're not really going to do a magic mile until week four. What do I want right. to do out the door the first time as far as a ratio goes or, or maybe a pace? Well, um, it's all over the place depending on the background of the person and what the, the person has been training uh, lately. Uh, but I would start with whatever is a comfortable pace um, for the um, the regular runs that one is doing. And by comfortable pace, I mean that you're not huffing and puffing. Right. And... Um, if you haven't been taking any walk breaks at all uh, on the short runs, it would be okay to not take walk breaks or to uh, have it be mostly running if you want to do it that way. However, for beginners, I strongly recommend that you have uh, a fairly liberal walk break ratio uh, in terms of um, nonstop runners could do something like two-in-one or three-in-one, and those who are more beginner-oriented could uh, work more in 30 seconds, 30 seconds, or 60 seconds, 30 seconds, or even 20 seconds, 20 seconds. And those who are really um, having any struggle issues with running to any extent could start with 10 seconds to 20 seconds running and double the amount of walking. So run 20, run 10 seconds, walk 20, or run 20 seconds, walk 40, or run 15 seconds, walk 30. And that usually um, allows for the body to completely recover. Great. So kind of play with it, I guess, for the next few weeks and make sure you're very comfortable. In week four, we're going to do a magic mile that will, as Jeff will get into, um, give you a lot more detail on where you ought to be for these long runs. Yeah, and the Galloway Training Program book has a lot of uh, information and explanation about this, too, about how you match up the walk breaks with the pace per mile. The overriding rule in the beginning is no huffing and puffing, because if you start to huff and puff, you're exceeding your speed limit, and you will either make the workout very uncomfortable by the end or you could actually hurt some. So start to huff and puff, back up, take more walking, less running, maybe have an extended walk break to let the body catch up of three, four minutes, and then start back. The um, the, the more detail that Jeff's referring to is on page 22 in the book. You'll get a lot of a lot of great tips on exactly what to do before you head out the door for the first time. And it, it fits in really well with a question that we got from Denise. She's um, asking about the walk breaks. Um, that we're going to start taking. How how do we want to walk? How do we um, take those walk breaks, Jeff? Or should we walk kind of briskly or slowly? Or or and, and and then I guess conversely, the running part of it. Do we need to run a little bit faster to make up for those walk breaks? Or well, one of the um, things that's really changed the um, ease of taking walk breaks is are the timers. Our timers that. Uh, beep or vibrate, and we have a new generation of those timers that uh, is 
very close to being fully waterproof now, and it uh, is easier to set. Uh, it's more compact. Anyway, uh, they are the Galloway Run, Walk, Run timers uh, at jeffgalloway.com. But uh, to answer your question about how one should walk, it should be a comfortable pace walk because job one on the walk break is to recover from the running segment. However, um, you don't want to have a long stride, mainly because long strides produce injuries. And I've heard from a number of people now over the years who never got injured running, but they got injured walking because their stride length was too long. Uh, it is okay to train yourself to be a faster walker through a short stride with quicker turnover rate, but avoid a long stride. Perfect. And um, getting back to the to the um, timer, Jeff, I'll put a, a link on the um, in the show notes to that timer. But one of the things that that you added to this new timer that is invaluable to me, having used this timer for quite a while, is a um, indicator on the um, uh, a battery low indicator. Yes, I can't yes, tell you how many yes. times I've headed out the door with my older one and looked down and it was blank. Yep, that know. is so uh, so good to mention. I forgot about yeah. that. That's another enhancement. Same price. Same price. Same good for you. price. Thank you for that. Um, okay, back to the training program. So we've got our long runs that um, obviously can be adjusted, but in, in in the book they're on Sundays. But that that's I mean you all can adjust which what long day you want to use, but. I'm interested on the other six days of the week, Jeff. Do we? Um, it mentions that um, in the program you're going to show two other days, and then an easy walk of um, of running. Um, tell us about the other two days. How should we be running those, and do we need to use walk breaks with those? Well, and um, counting back from the long run, it's best the day before the long ones to have a really easy day physically. In other words, don't. Uh, try not to do any strenuous exercise at all, even uh, something like heavy yard work or something like that. Uh, I've heard from more people this season who have had uh, irritations, aches, and pains generated by yard work the day before long runs than I have from running. (laughs) Um, So anyway, counting back further, uh, you just need two days a week. Generally, uh, Tuesday and Thursday have been the days but whatever two days work best for you according to your life schedule, uh, usually best to have one day in between those two days. And then on those days, you have the option to take walk breaks, not take walk breaks, uh, just don't uh, take as many walk breaks, um, really whatever you feel like doing. And um, Jeff mentions the day off before your long run. That one would that that advice will become more and more important, and and the wisdom of it will be a lot more important as you get out to you know nine and a half, eleven miles. You might be thinking, well, I'm only running three miles tomorrow, and, and maybe that's right. But once you get out a little bit further, um, I think you're going to enjoy that walk, or I mean that day off before the long run, a lot more. Very true. Um, if if I want to, Jeff, can I run more than three days a week? Yes, uh, those who are used to running more than three days a week could continue with that. I don't recommend as someone is increasing the mileage regularly into a half or full marathon that they add more days to the week also. Uh, So if if you want to get more exercise, 
and um, you uh, have been doing three days or less per week running, then it would be best to uh, do cross-training, something like running in the pool uh, to uh, walk. You can uh, put in 10,000 steps uh, or to do some other non-pounding type of exercise, even elliptical or rowing machines, uh, cycling, swimming, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. Great. Let's talk a little bit more in detail about just the long run. Um, Does it matter how fast we run or at what pace we we do those long runs? I know know, we're going to figure out our magic mile, and it's going to say based on this, you should be running, you know, this pace. Does it does it really matter to us if we need to adjust that? Should we stress about that? Well, first of all, the endurance is the same whether you run it really fast or really, really slow or anything in between. What differs with speed is the rate of injury. Uh, the faster you run, the greater the likelihood of injuries, and then also the greater the likelihood that you're going to be out of commission after those long runs. You're just not going to feel good for an extended period. And and in fact, a lot of folks, before they started using walk breaks, were generally uh, not very sociable after their long runs. They <laughs> would hit the couch or the bed, and that's all their family would see of them. And right. uh, the big revelation of um, slowing the pace down and taking more frequent walk breaks is that you can have a life after long runs. Yeah, right, right. So um, we spoke a tad about this at the beginning of the show when you mentioned about going out on, on your run this morning. Um, but we're beginning this program you know, pretty much in the in the dead of, of summer with the long heat. So let's remind everybody on these long runs, no matter whether they're three or four or five miles or once they get up to even longer than half marathon distances, adjusting for the heat. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, heat is dangerous, and uh, it is the greatest cause of serious health problems that are directly associated to running. Uh, The good news is that if you schedule your runs appropriately, uh, increase the frequency of the walk breaks, and uh, slow down the pace, that you can usually manage heat issues very, very well, very effectively. It is the amount of running that causes your core body temperature to increase into the unsafe zone. So as the heat increases, the frequency and the amount of walking should also increase because walking doesn't elevate the core body temperature uh, to any great extent. Um, So that said, what we do in our Galloway programs is we um, have pace group leaders that enforce the slowdown rule, which is 30 seconds per mile slower for every five degrees uh, above 60. And for those who live in kilometer countries, it's 20 seconds per kilometer slower for every two and a half degrees centigrade increase above 14C. Uh, But if you follow those guidelines, you're going to stay in a very safe zone, and when in doubt, walk more than that. Uh, The bottom line goes right down to the fact that you're going to get the same endurance even if you walked the whole darn distance. So if it's a really hot day and you're not feeling good, 
Uh, most people can walk it without any uh, significant uh, health risks, and they will still get all the endurance. Uh, finally, um, starting early and so that so early that you um, finish before the sun gets above the horizon has been an extremely wonderful thing in the summertime, both for the overall comfort and less adversity, but it also takes you out of the um, uh, radiance of the sun that just causes you to feel so bad and uh, can create a number of other um, heat-related issues. So what we uh, do in Texas and Florida, several of the areas there where it's very hot and they're having long runs, they will actually start their runs between 2 and 3 in the morning. And that means that they they avoid all the dangerous adversity of direct sunlight and high heat conditions. Perfect. Well, um, for those of you following along, page 162 goes into a lot of detail about what Jeff just mentioned, the heat slowdown, but it, it also talks about humidity and, and different body fat issues and just uh, training and adjusting for the heat. So, And it's always safer to back off even more than those rules state. Uh, again, getting all the way down to just walking completely. I've already had two e-coach clients this season who, uh, for whatever reason, uh, just felt horrible halfway through and uh, or a little before that and they thought about quitting and then they they remembered something i had said about walking would be uh, just as good as running for endurance sake so they stuck it out they got through it it took a long time but they recovered very very fast and then they were able to resume their training i um i have a mantra that that um back in 2010, when when uh, you were e-coaching me to my marathon, um, you said to me one time, "You cannot run too slow on a long run." And and yes. I, I I mean that's in the back of my mind. And when I'm out and I feel terrible or start to feel terrible, I say that to myself, and then it just I just automatically slow down or, or add walk breaks to it. And it's so true, so true. It takes pressure off, and uh, having a mantra like that, or at least a logical statement is going to shift you into the conscious brain, the logical side of the conscious brain, so that you can override that darn ego uh, out of your subconscious. Easier said than done sometimes, but uh, you're right. Every every little bit helps. Yes. All right, last topic, Jeff. We're starting this program right at the very beginning. And um, for those of us who are rather anal, Let's talk a little bit about uh, keeping a journal as we get started. Um, is that important? Do you think that's important to write down this stuff as we get head out the door? Uh, you know, journaling has been shown to be extremely beneficial to keep people focused for a wide range of different activities, and it certainly is true in running. Uh, first of all, you are rewarding yourself for the workouts that you do, and 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 basically you are activating that conscious brain so that you're in the frontal lobe. You're in control over what you're doing. You can make adjustments. If you don't journal, then you end up um, not, according to the studies on this, 
you don't tend to get out as many times during the season. You're more likely to miss a run or two or whatever. Uh, you also are more likely to make mistakes on pacing and other issues that could cause you to be tired, more tired or injured. And journaling just keeps that frontal lobe active so that you are monitoring, you're uh, adjusting, and you just have less likelihood of uh, going astray. Um, to me, Jeff, journaling, and I've done this for 30 years now. I've written down virtually every run I've gone out, out the door. But one of the things I find is journaling, Just let's just talk about this one race cycle. We're getting ready for the fall half marathon. will help help as you go, go along and look back to your long runs and see what the temperature was and how you felt. But even beyond that, in the spring, when you decide to run your next half marathon, it will become invaluable as you look back and say, yeah, I remember when I went from five miles to six and a half. It was a little bit tougher, so I'm going to do this. It's just amazing how much you can learn just from, from keeping track of what you're doing along the way. We have two journals that I have uh, written, I've produced. Uh, one of them is... Uh, a spiral-bound journal. A lot of people like the spiral because you can uh, turn it over and you can look at both pages just sitting there at right. one time. Uh, the other journal is a, a newer version of it in which I went through and totally redid the journal uh, based on the Magic Mile and a number of other components. So that journal, the newer journal, um, allows you to set up your training program, tells you how to do it, step-by-step, and then has a year's worth of entries. So um, those have been very popular. But uh, a number of folks that I meet every week are using one of those two and tell me that that has allowed them to turn the corner. That's allowed them to analyze season by season, just as you said, Kevin, what they did before and learn from their mistakes. Exactly, exactly. That's a good point. I'll put... um... I'll put the show, the um, link to the journal in the um, show notes today on the website as well. They're very so popular. listen, Jeff, great stuff, and certainly enough to get our listeners out the door for the next three weeks until we meet again and talk about weeks um, four, five, and six. And um, the the big deal in four, five, and six will be, as we discussed before, not just increasing your long run by a little bit, but um, a couple of magic miles in there. And so we'll talk about those in, in a lot more detail. Um, before we do, just so people have a teeny bit of homework, Jeff, um, do you recommend that they maybe look for, in preparation for that, look for a track to do this magic mile on? Or is that necessarily, you know? Well, a, the track is is the best venue uh, simply because uh, each lap on a standard track is, is a, a quarter of a mile. Uh, it's close enough to be a quarter of a mile. So you can divide up what pace you are shooting for in your next magic mile after you've done the first one. And um, you can try to hit that pace, divide it by four, and, and try to hit that pace on each one. If you're having trouble pacing yourself, you can then divide the time by eight and and hit it on each half lap, and that definitely has uh, helped people who used to go out way too fast to reel themselves in and uh, and go a little slower. Yeah, track is really a good venue, but realistically, there are some people that just don't live near a track, and 
you can either use a GPS device to measure quarter mile, eighth of a mile segments, uh, or you can, uh, some parks have measured segments there. I, I will give a word of caution, and that is that a lot of those measured segments in parks are not that accurate, so uh, either a GPS or a tracker are the two best ways to determine it. One other caution, though, and that is that the um, GPS devices have a function called average pace, Mm -hmm. and those things are really not that accurate. You really need to just do the old school way, and that is to measure out in advance a quarter of a mile or an eighth of a mile every one, and then uh, you can um, keep the same course for every one of the magic miles. That's great advice. So in preparation for Episode 3, maybe look around and see where it is you're, you're going to find a, uh, a track or someplace or find a measured area, as Jeff said, where you can do this magic mile. And um, we'll discuss in detail more about the magic mile in our next episode. So I'm going to let you go, Jeff. I appreciate everything for today. And um, I know um, it will be after the fact, but once again, um, I want to wish you a happy birthday, and I'm sure that every listener out there right now is thinking, oh, I missed Jeff's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Well, uh, I usually celebrate it out west, either at Tahoe or at Missoula, so maybe uh, I can look forward to see some of you at either of those, and yeah. if not, in future years, we can celebrate that birthday together. Perfect. And Kevin, this is it's my privilege to work with you. Uh, yours and mine both, Jeff. I appreciate it. And um, safe travels. Have a great time in Missoula, and um, we'll chat again in a few weeks for the next episode. I'm already looking forward to it. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good day. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. And it's uh, one of my favorite times of the show. Head over to the Extra Mile Podcast comment line where we've got with us a few special guests today. Let's start with Mr. Chris Twiggs. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great, Kevin. It's a beautiful day in southwest Colorado. Seriously, now, you're doing great, because we're going to get into what you did this weekend, and you're feeling great? Uh, I'm, well, you know, spiritually, emotionally, I'm on top of the world. Physically, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit of the effects of my weekend, but nothing less than I deserved, and uh, all, all being told, I'm, I'm doing better than uh, I should be willing to expect. Good for you. Well, first, let's start with congratulations. You um, completed uh, a rather daunting task this weekend at the Hard Rock 100. Tell us a little bit about that. This is, first of all, your how many how many times have you done this 100 mile? This is this is my ninth consecutive finish uh, of the Hard Rock 100 mile endurance run. And unlike the last couple of years, it really was pretty close to 100 miles. It was I think the the uh, T-shirt this year said 100.5 miles, and so that's just fine with me. And uh, it was a it was a great time, a good year. I, I, I've done this nine years now, and so there are a lot of friends that I see once a year out here. A lot of people that I get to run up and down the mountains with that I don't see any other place. And uh, it's very very special time and a terrific accomplishment. Well, congratulations! And you ran 100.5 miles in how long? This year it took me 40 hours and 19 minutes. Um, and, you know, for, I think for a lot of ultra runners, people will ask, well, how long does it take you to run 100 miles? And honestly, it's very dependent on the course. It's very dependent on the weather and um, a time that I might run that I've run in other 100 milers would be course records out here. Hard Rock is 
widely considered to be the hardest 100-mile trail run uh, that there is. And uh, the winning time this year was uh, just over 24 hours, which gives you some perspective. I was way back in the pack compared to that guy. Uh, I finished actually just, just top 50%. I was um, 50th overall. There were 140 starters, and uh, I think there were 104, 105 finishers. Well, if, if it's all right with you, what I'd like to do is on our next conversation get into some more depth on I'm interested on, on this race specifically, um, how you train for a 100-mile race and um, the whole method of, of running 100 miles, you know, specific to the run, walk, run, and what kind of strategies you use. So if it's okay. You bet, but we've got some other fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah, let's do it. Well, listen, we, um, we put out there for the Galloway edition of the Extra Mile to Half Marathon edition. We put out their request for three runners to join us on our uh, on our journey toward the finish line, and um, I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say how many people we got to actually um, request to be a part of this. I'm, embarrassed is probably the wrong word. I feel terrible that we weren't able to let everybody in because the response was off the charts. In fact, podcast not being obviously not being live, and we have people who are listening. To that first episode, even today, even though it's been out for two or three weeks, who are still requesting to be part of this and just haven't heard that, that we've picked our, our three runners yet. So um, we have picked our three runners. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to introduce our listeners to each one of them, talk very briefly with them, and then um, send them on their way and get them back here, get them back here in another couple of weeks and see what, how things are going. Um, you'll recall that we had three categories that we were looking for. The first category was someone who had never run a half marathon in their lives before. The second category is someone who has run a half marathon but had never used the Galloway run-walk-run training method. And then our third category was someone who run, wanted to run a half using run-walk-run and set a PR, uh, run faster than they had ever run before uh, a half marathon. So with that in mind, First of all, I'm going to go around the table and, and, and uh, say hello to each runner, and then we'll come back individually and talk very briefly with each one, if that's all right. First of all, um, category number one is our runner who has never run a half marathon before, Sheila Neely. Sheila, you with us? Yes, I am. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm just great. It's a beautiful day, and I'm in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. It's a beautiful, hot, muggy day. Well, good for you. I'm from that part of the country, so I, uh, I know exactly what you're going through. So listen, you've never run a half marathon. I guess my first question is, oh my gosh, what do you got yourself into here? <laughs> That's my question too, but I've, <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about it a while and the timing just lined up perfectly with this opportunity that I heard on your podcast. I thought, oh, I've got I've to give this a shot because I had told some friends I would do one in the fall, so here I am. Well, it's, it's, it's karma, isn't it? It is. So you have run using the Galloway Run, Walk, Run, but never the half marathon distance, correct? That's right. That's right. I've run uh, several 5Ks and a 10K in the, over the past couple years using Gateway's Run, Walk, Run, and I've consistently throughout the year when I'm running have, have used his walk-break methodology with great success. Good, good. So what's your current weekly mileage, give or take? Uh, probably around... 12, 12 plus, 12 to 15 per week, pretty casual. Good, okay. And um, 
what marathon or half marathon, I should say, have you chosen or, or have you chosen one for the fall that you're aiming toward? I, I have. I'm going to run the Cleveland Rock and Roll Half Marathon on October 6th in Cleveland, Ohio. Very good. Very good. I'm, I'm dying to run one of those rock and roll uh, events, so I'll be interested to see what you think of that. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, here we have Sheila, who has never run a half before, knows a little bit about Run, Walk, Run, maybe knows a lot about it, but she's never used it for that distance. And um, I'm assuming that the goal here that you two have decided is just to finish. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that Jeff Galloway is fond of saying is that he wants us to finish, uh, to, to reach the finish line upright with a smile on our face, ready to do it again. And that's true whether we're doing a 5K or 100 miles or anything in between. Uh, you know, we, we want people to enjoy the experience of training, to enjoy the experience of racing. And this whole thing, all, all that we're doing is not about preparing someone for one particular race. It's about living a lifestyle of fitness that's going to be healthy and positive physically and mentally and spiritually for, for all of us. The impact that Sheila is going to, to have on her family and her friends and her coworkers through her accomplishment is, uh, is going to be incredible. Uh, not only will she have this great experience of finishing her first half marathon, but she's going to inspire people that she may never even realize she's inspired. Uh, so I'm very excited for what she is going to be going through. I'm really uh, interested to follow her progress. I'm honored to be uh, coaching her through this. Very good. Um, can you point out any, any particular parts of Run, Walk, Run that will be um, emphasized or, or rather important to, to Sheila as she tries to complete her first half? Sure, of course. Well, one of the things, because she is training uh, in the summer, as, as all of us are right now, uh, and because she's mentioned that it's pretty hot where she is, uh, she needs to be willing to slow down if she feels that uh, she's getting tired early in the run. It's always okay to go slower uh, than than what was prescribed. The, the guidelines that I've given her are not intended to uh, to be challenges to her to run up to a particular pace. We just want her to get through the distance. She can take more walk breaks as needed, especially early in a run. Taking extra walk breaks can help you ease in and warm up to it, and that's uh, that's a good thing. Also, one of the things that Sheila didn't mention, but that she told me in uh, in our conversation earlier, is that she is uh, an avid rower and she goes out and she uh, and she does. I don't even know what is it. What is it called, Sheila? Exactly that you do. I row on a crew. It's an eight-person shell, and we just—it's kind of recreational. We row once a week and have a couple of races per summer, so I have to have that in the mix as well. There it is. So what we did is we adjusted um, her her running schedule to make sure that she's rowing on the same day that she's running, so that she's not rowing one day, running another, and thereby taxing her legs. Uh, two days in a row. Uh, leg workouts should be done on the same day as a running day, which is counterintuitive for some folks, uh, but it is important that those legs get some rest. So those are the sort of things that we've been talking about and uh, and what I'm looking forward to following with Sheila. Perfect, perfect. Sheila, thank you very much for um, participating in this, and we're all looking forward to following. Following along, see how you do at the Rock and Roll. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity so much. I cannot even express it. I'm so excited and honored to be chosen and, and just can't wait to see how this journey goes. Well, we're going to have some fun. We're going to build some memories. That's, that's for sure. Um, category number two, our second runner is a runner who has run half marathons before, or at least marathon. We'll get into that. And, um, but never used the Galloway Run, Walk, Run before. Uh, Mr. Nate Wagner. Nate, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Chris. This afternoon, I should say. Hi, Chris. It's or Chris and Kevin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So tell me um, a little bit about your background. Well, where are you from? I'm from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, actually, just driving down 81, and it's nice and hot like it is in Ohio, I'm sure. And uh, it's beautiful out here. Um, and I am uh, my running background. Um, I've run about five half marathons and ran a marathon last year. So I've been doing this for a little while. And you have a um, um, you you've run a half marathon. What's your PR in, in the low twos? Right? Um, it's two eighteen forty. You gotta put okay. that forty in there. You know, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> All right. So good for you. So with in your category. Here's one I'm interested in. Um, how long? How many years have you been running, Nick? Um, I would say about uh, about five five years, probably. Okay, five years and and, and five, uh, about five half marathons, and yet um, never using run walk run. Uh, why is that? You obviously have some reservations or concerns about it, or do you? Um, just that stigma of you know, kind of like you hear a lot. I just don't want to. People think walking is is getting the easy way out, and uh, I just decided that I needed, you know, that that was my main reservation. Is you know, real real they they say, um, you know, just you got to run the whole way through. That's the only way. My goal is to run the whole way through and not take any walk breaks. Right. Um, somehow that walking is cheating or something. So I, I bought into that a little bit too much, I think, in the last five years. So. Yeah. Um, tell me, comparing this um, training cycle, is there anything different that you're looking for or expecting from some of the other training cycles you've used in, in the past where you did not take walk breaks? I mean, are you expecting anything better or different? Well, I, I, I've already experienced um, little to no, like, fatigue after my, my long runs. Uh, I did five-mile run-walk last Friday, and I was kept expecting, you know, I don't know, it's a hurt or something, and I didn't have any of that all day at work. I was all kinds of energy, and it was it was awesome. Good. So that's Good. what I'm expecting is to not have as much, you know, actually go, going further, because uh, we'll talk more about that, but just enjoying uh, not being so fatigued. Here, 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 here. I, I, I understand what you're saying. So we'll be interested to see how that how that plays out. Do you have a race in mind? Yeah, the, um, the Hershey Half Marathon in October, October 20th. Oh, yeah. And oh, I had yeah. already scheduled another half marathon in there, and it's, it fits perfectly uh, in the schedule as my 13-mile training run. So Chris and I made that. It, it fits snugly in there. So. so is there chocolate at the finish line at Hershey? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's a yeah. chocolate... Uh, stop towards the end, which I bypass, because, well, mile 10 and chocolate and I don't go together too well. <laughs> Very cool. So, Chris, um, 
he's never used run, walk, run, has maybe a little bit of reservations, and he's looking to finish this thing with a smile on his face and upright. What do you, what do you think is important to, for, for Nate to remember in his training? Well, I, I, think, I think it is important for him to kind of ignore any of the comments uh, that some of his friends and running buddies might make about, uh, about taking walk breaks. Uh, is walking an easy way out? Absolutely, it's an easy way out. It's the easiest way to finish a half marathon or any distance is to put in walk breaks. That doesn't mean it's slower, and that doesn't mean it's cheating. In fact, we have Boston qualifiers, as you well know. Uh, we have people that have run very, very fast marathons and half marathons in our cities where we have Galloway training programs all over the world. We've got people winning their age group and sometimes winning races taking walk breaks. So it's not... Um, it's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's what we're intended to do, and it's definitely the easy way to do it. If you're looking for pain, uh, if you're looking for agony, I recommend getting into a bad relationship. So don't look for that in your training program. Um, one of the things that, uh, that Nate and I have been talking about is his consistency. He confessed that he uh, has, has had some problems in the past with being consistent in his training, and so I'm hoping that having a schedule and, and checking in with me often is going to keep him on target. And uh, the other thing, he, he mentioned that he had a little bit of a foot issue. And so part of his right. schedule that's a little bit different from the others is that we're putting in some water running for him, uh, which is a wonderful way, wonderful, wonderful way for him to keep up his aerobic efficiency and also to get some good um, biomechanical uh, efficiency by training the legs to go through the water uh, in the most efficient, efficient path. So uh, he's doing some pretty good water running as well as uh, the land running that we have him doing. Very good. Um, Nate, just so you know, Chris was completely teasing about the bad relationship, and he's recommended that because it, besides being painful, it's very expensive, so I'd stay away from the bad relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, uh, I love the water running. It's it's a lot of fun. So if, you can get a, if anybody can get a pool and, and uh, do it, it's good stuff. Um, you guys, Chris and, and Nate, you're probably too, you're not far enough along, but at some point what, I, what I'm very interested in this category is, um, Chris, um, you and Nate, after some magic miles, I guess, setting some sort of a, of a goal as far as a time goal, whether, you know, I know, you, I know that the big thing is to finish with a smile on your face, but the fact is that Nate has run half marathons in the low two, you know, 220, whatever, and so at some point, I know in the back of his mind it's going to be how close can I get to that thing. And so I, I, I can already see the wheels turn. I have it in my mind. I don't know if I would utter it out loud, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell Chris. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So our third category is uh, picking a runner who has run a half marathon before, but... Um, once you run, walk, run to set that PR. Suzanne, are you still with us here? I'm still here and listening. Yes. Are you Are you um, calling us from beautiful Chicago today? I am. I'm sitting here right now, looking over Millennium Park. Actually, I am so jealous of you to go out and, and run on that lake every day. That is just one of my favorite places. It in is. The world. It is fantastic. It yeah. is today. It summer, was a little. I, I beg your pardon. In the summer, I should say. Yeah, in the summer it's not fun. Actually, I prefer it in the winter time. Uh, you get too much snow up there on the lake. I don't know. They plow the path. It's cool. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so obviously, Suzanne, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from Chicago. Well, I'm not really from Chicago. No. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. And about 15 years ago, I fell in love with the city and uh, was up here as a consultant, and the company that was renting me offered to buy me, and I took them up on it. There you go. So uh, I'm a transplant. Hey, tell us a little bit about your running. How long? How many miles? <laughs> I've been running for about four and a half years now. Uh, I started at age 60 when um, a girlfriend of mine from high school that I hadn't talked to in about 40 years called up, and she said, I've got a great idea. Let's run a half marathon. And um, I said, sure, why not? Because she's sort of a, you know, one of those people that can talk you into anything. And um, hung up the phone and thought, you're an idiot. Because the last time I had run, I was 12. And um, that was like a 48-year gap. So um, I got a bit of a training program and was doing some run and walk running and muddled through. And uh, July the 13th, 2009, ran my first half at age 61. Good for you. And how many halves have you run? Um, pushing 30 now. Whoa. I just, I just sort of use them for training runs. Each one so, builds on itself. And, and that's, a, that's a running mecca that you live in up there. There's, there's yeah, it is. I can go out. There's, there's probably a half every month if I wanted, if I wanted to. And you're going to use run, walk, run to run uh, a PR. What, what is your current PR? <laughs> My current PR is 238.39, and I did that in Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh. Um, on a downhill course with perfect weather. <laughs> so <laughs> it was and, and wonderful people to talk to and so it was it was just it was just a fantastic fantastic day. So it sounds like you ran that one on adrenaline, huh? Just, uh, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. I was Tell me what race you've got in mind. Well, I've got two in mind so that if I blow it on one I got a do over. Um, the the first one will be uh, September the 8th, and it will be my fifth running of the Chicago half, which is the one that I ran first. And if the wheels fall off, because the weather in Chicago early in September could be beautiful or it could be 85 degrees out there. Uh, there is a second one two weeks later, uh, an inaugural race here called the Women Rock, which will be on my actual running path. The uh, Chicago half is on the street, and it runs backwards from the way that I normally do. It starts down south and goes north. And the Women Rock will be starting in Grant Park, taking off and following the Lakefront Trail down south to where I normally turn around and come back. Wow, you're on so, home territory there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's very easy to practice, and I know right where the hills are and what the hills are. Well, good for you. Chris, what's going to be important for Suzanne as, as she moves forward? Well, I think for Suzanne, it's going to be very important for her to listen to her body. Um, because she is trying for a PR, obviously we have some speed work built into her schedule, which is, uh, is not something that the others are going to be doing as much of. And... Um, I've, I've accommodated the days that she likes to run, 
And so she's going to be doing a lot of her speed work on Fridays with, um, with long runs on alternate Sundays. And so just paying attention to her body, making sure that when she goes into those Sunday runs, if, the, if there's still some fatigue that's built up from any of the other speed work that's gone on the previous week, um, then she just needs to slow down a little bit more on the long run. One of the things that people shooting for time goals often forget is that your long run pace has nothing to do with your time goal. Your long run is just about getting your endurance in, and it's important that you cover that distance feeling strong and feeling good all the way through. Don't want to combine speed and distance on the same run. Let the speed work take care of the pace that you want for your, for your race, and then let the long run handle the distance. Those two factors working together will get you to the race day prepared to meet your time goal. Perfect. So I'm pretty excited about this. And one of the things I'd like to do, obviously we're going to have you all back, um, but I'd like to make sure if there's um, – I'm speaking now directly to Nate, Suzanne, and Sheila. If there's things within this program that you, you – um, aha moments or things that, that, that you think – the vast majority of our listeners should know about this, please make sure we bring that up because it's not just um, getting you guys in, into uh, to meet all the goals that you've got. It's, it's, I'm trying to leverage what, what Chris is teaching you guys and the things that you're learning um, to the rest of the listeners. And the more, to, to the extent we can do that, the, the better this thing will be for everybody. So um, I appreciate your time today. Um, we will get together in the very short time frame and talk about how things are going, um, but between now and then, you guys take care, and um, for gosh sakes, do everything Chris tells you, okay? <laughs> the, the guy didn't just we have ran to sign 100 a miles. Suzanne, I'm sorry, did you say something? Oh, I said, didn't we have to sign a contract? <laughs> something about our firstborn son or something, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want your children, believe me. I have enough problems with my own. I don't want your children. <laughs> Everybody have, a, have a, wonderful, uh, a wonderful time. Kevin, thank you for giving us all this opportunity, and yes. uh, look, look forward to talking again soon. All right. All right. Thank you, Thanks. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So there you go, episode two of the Galloway Extra Mile podcast, half marathon edition. Good stuff, huh? Our discussions with Jeff are actually intended to be a way of supplementing the information that you get from the Galloway Training Program's book that we're using for our textbook. So, as I've said in the past... Although you could probably take this podcast and get everything you need to know to finish a half, it would behoove you to get a hold of that book and follow along as we go. So episode three of this podcast, which you should expect in about three weeks, we'll dig even deeper and we will introduce you to this magic mile tool that you've heard so much about. What is it? Why do we need it? And what's it going to tell us? After that magic mile in our next episode, 
you'll be able to sit down, do a couple of math calculations, look on a chart, and be pretty darn specific as to exactly how fast you need to be running and what ratio you need to be using. So in our next episode, we'll discuss weeks four, five, and six. I would remind you that along the way, if you've got any questions for Jeff or Chris, please don't hesitate to call the comment line. You can find that number over at our website, www.thegallowayextramile.com. Or if you're somewhere, you can write this down, somewhere other than driving around in your car or running with us. That number is area code 206-339-8741. But like I said, it's all over at the website. Also, I would remind you that we have a Facebook page that is also listed on the website. And lest you miss out, I gotta tell you that we have been giving away quite a bit of free merchandise over there on the on the Facebook page. And I don't want you to miss out on that. I've still got some stuff that I'm gonna get, be giving away relatively soon. So make sure you get over there. We've got some amazing sponsors who have donated product and uh, I think you're gonna enjoy that. Speaking of amazing sponsors, in our next episode, besides talking about weeks four, five, and six, we're also gonna track down the man behind one of our sponsorships. It's the Squish Bands that, geez, I think we've probably given away, I don't know, between 20 and 30 of those things, and I've still got more. Um, It's an amazing and inspiring story, so make sure you tune into episode three a little bit more on that so that'll wrap it up for episode two of the Galloway Extra Mile podcast half marathon edition once again special thanks to all of you who have downloaded us and taking us along with you today Jeff, Chris and I all appreciate everything you're doing for us and we certainly hope you're finding some sort of value from this podcast And in the meantime, until the next episode, in about three weeks, as always, you'll enjoy your extra mile. the extra mile podcast galloway edition please visit our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast 
You can email us with your feedback about the show at thegallowayextramile at gmail.com. If you would like to send us your audio comments about the show or have questions about Run, Walk, Run, please send an audio file to thegallowayextramile at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much for downloading the show and we look forward to joining you again soon on the next edition of the Extra Mile podcast, Galloway Edition. Boys, I'm running.